1: This podcast is sponsored by Cleaner Seas Group. Through innovation and engagement of people, businesses and governments, they aim to eradicate microplastic pollution from all angles. The goal is to spread awareness so that people can make informed choices and be part of the solution. For more information, please visit cleanseasgroup.com. My guest today is Romy Gill, an award-winning chef who has earned the prestigious MBE Award. But Romy's story goes far beyond her success on TV and expertise in kitchen. Besides appearing on Ready, Teddy Cook, Romy judges MasterChef and writes for food magazines such as Olive and Savour. Romy's Indian cooking techniques and dinner parties at home have undoubtedly influenced her career in a positive way. You doing today Romy? I am really well thank you for having me on the podcast. I was so excited when I was, I've been following you work for a while so I was like when you said yes I was like oh this is amazing so thank you. So I know it's been a crazy year it's been such a crazy year and
0: when I got your email I was like oh uh, I don't have time I don't have time but then
1: I'm just on time. <laughs> <laughs>
0: thank
1: you. but I wanted to ask You know, my podcast is called Naughty Bites. What's your guilty pleasure?
0: See, do you know what? I call myself a chef first before anything else. As a writer or an author or a broadcaster comes, all followed later because of my chef, you know, as a chef. So when, until now, uh, when I'm cooking, I'm always doing supper clubs. And when I have the restaurant, working so many long hours. I used to look forward for Sundays, you know, Sundays, like when I growing up, it was a paratha day for my, my parents when I was going with them, you know, growing up when I came here as well. But now for me, cheese and toast with a cup of chai um, with rose harissa is my guilty pleasure. It's all, I mean, people say, oh, really chocolate? No, no, no. First thing is cheese. I think what, what you crave for is something really comforting, warm, quick. You don't want to wait there for ages. Um, and a cup of chai that just solves
1: every problem. <laughs> and so does the cheese. Cheese is so warming and oozy that it's, yeah. it's amazing. And it has
0: to be done with rice. you know. People layer it, but I, 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 I really uh, grate my cheese. And oh. I think when you grate your cheese, you put lots more on it, and then it
1: becomes <laughs> so it becomes can, more nicer. You can squash it and compact it, so it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Always so. Yeah. I want to talk about your eagerly awaited cookbook on the Himalayan trail. You've explored the food of northernmost India, you know, especially Kashmir and Ladakh, where the Himalayan mountains surround you and, and you know, our hope to cuisine that's distinctly different from other southern regions. Can you tell me more about the history and, you know, your travels?
0: So, um, you know, I i would never have become a food writer or a travel writer if uh, mina holland who's the guardian editor uh in 2014 she gave me an opportunity to be a cook resident so the cook resident used to write for a whole month mm-hmm. um and then you every every week there was um um, it was for, for you know every every week you would write something that um you, that would have been different things different subjects and you would write around surrounded around what you did and what you what's going on in your life so i i wrote that and she made you know i for me i i never thought of of myself as a writer so she said no you can write everybody can write and then came alan jenkins who said everyone can write i a little piece of uh, what you've noticed of something happened in a restaurant or in your life, a little like a line in your diary, um, that will help you. That creates a story, that makes the story. And I think that kind of led to me as a recipe. Writing is very different from writing a book or writing mm-hmm. a travel log um, around travel and food. is completely different. So if people can understand that. Then you can put yourself in those categories. I think that's what Mina did for me. And then um, in 2016 came an opportunity by Seedkiss Magazine to travel to Ladakh, and that opportunity kind of led to many other uh, m- many other things with them. I, ro- I went travel around with them uh, to different parts of India. They sent me, but then came an opportunity ride right, for New York Times. So I did a Himalayan trail, but the Himachal bit, which is uh, Shimla and, you know, all the Manali. And then I went on a trail with my father um, for seven days, uh, actually 10 days. We went into different cities in Himachal. And it was amazing because I've never been to those places. I've been to some, but I had never been to the places I would have ever ever thought of going. And understanding of the millet, understanding of their culture, their rituals, their food, because it's very different again. And also my husband used to travel when he was in university in India on his scooter to Ladakh and, you know, Kashmir and things like that. So it kind of, and I grew up watching Bollywood films and everybody who's Indian will understand, um, you know, they will watch. So I think that led to this book. Many other things led to this book that actually I've done this and I really want to write about it. Um, You know, I wanted to take my mum, but sadly in 2019 she passed away. So I think I, I, all back of my mind was always, um, you know, I want to kind of celebrate India in a very different line, that Indian food is not, in, in, in you know, it, it's just Indian, it's very regional, we have uh, different languages, we speak, you know, very different languages, we look different, we fight with each other, we can't, you <laughs> know, we love each other. So it's, it's very, it's, it's a, it's a continents really really different from one another so i think the cultures the rituals even wearing clothes are different you know mm-hmm. um so everything you know every state if you go that a lot of people don't understand that not only the food the way of stitching the way of uh, you know our cultures and the way of embroidery is different you know yeah. every state has a very different embroidery a very different culture um you know as, as in art. So it's art and food is always related, whether it's music, whether it's film, whether it's food, it's all connected together. So I think I wanted to showcase, I want to travel to India in different parts and write the books, yes, but I wanted to start from the top of India, and which my love affair of Bollywood films as a young child has, has always been there. I wanted to go there, experience that, but in order to do that, you have to, connect with the people you have to you know I think the chefing industry the hospitality industry is very welcoming Mm -hmm. you know we connect very quickly oh I know this person I know so that's how it happened you know Pratik and uh, many other people from Jaipur Literary Festival they connected me with different people so I connected with them before even started you know I started researching before even going there so I traveled you know, when the doors were open, you could travel to during the time of pandemic. So I did that, follow all the protocols um, through the government and, you know, British High Commission. So I think uh, meeting that people for many times and then writing and then going to do a shoot. Um, and, and, and those unknown parts for me. Those are not parts that I know. They were unknown parts. And, and when you listen, hear about Kashmir years ago, it was all about the beauty, the people, the food. Uh, But then it came the time when it's all about terrorism and it's all about, you know, unsettling times there. But I, for you and me, people like you and me don't want to fight, you know. There are people of certain, certain people who want to do that. But the people were so welcoming and they opened their doors to me. I sat down with them. I listened to the stories with them. I shared their stories. So it's their recipes, it's their stories and how I made it. And they were so understanding and happy that I wanted to do do this Um, but you know why I want to do this because I wanted to share that Kashmir and Ladakh you know people are touching I wanted to share it to the wider audience to people who don't know about the cuisine and it is such a different cuisine in a sense that it's very broth-based and they're very very you know, self-sufficient in the sense that when it's summer, they'll dry all the vegetables, and it's in abundance. They know the uh, the winters are going to be very harsh, so they then use those vegetables in their food during winter time, the dried ones. Or um, you know, they are very sufficient in almonds, walnuts, apples. Yeah. There's so many. You know, a chestnut flour, which I didn't know. They do this smoked trout, which I didn't know. Uh, you know, lots of oh, So. And then, um, you know, going to the floating market four o'clock in the morning with this, you know, you need guts to do that. You know, yeah. a woman, um, tra- um, and now I'm, I'm a UK citizen, to have the guts to be able to do four o'clock in the morning, everybody's sleeping, um, not many people will take those chance- chances. And I did because I just want to meet the real people. And so, uh, you know, I didn't do once, I did three times. <laughs> so I, um, you know, then traveling, all the different places in Kashmir, not just staying in one place, going to the old city and meeting the va- Vazas, you know, that make the beautiful feast yeah. called Vazma. So I think you have to, um, whether it's the chef in you or a journalist in you or a food writer in you, you need to talk to these people. And you need to talk to the people that are on the same level, on the same page in order to tell the stories. I think I, I took that. Um, and I'm so proud of this book. I'm, still, I mean, obviously I'm very proud of Zaika, which was my first ever book. So many publishers refused me. After Thank 10 you. years, I got a big deal and, and Zaika made me an author and it will always be very close to my heart. But, uh, but Himalayan trail is really something very different because there's so many essays I had to write. I think mm-hmm. if that's what, that is why I wanted to say to people that, and um, you know it, it, there is someone who will help you in that situation and push you that you can do that you know you'll, you'll be able to do I think it's me that didn't
1: do that to me I don't think I will be a to thing but that's amazing it's amazing how sometimes in life someone accidentally or will come into your life and that person will have changed it and they gonna, do they do it's, it's amazing and it's those people that are worth keeping in your life because it's, oh yeah it's, it's
0: amazing I, th- I think the power of social media the power of the journalists the power of the editors um is immense and you should always acknowledge the people mm-hmm. that have actually helped you in your career and don't forget that you've suddenly become a name and you don't want to know them mm-hmm. I think I will never ever Uh, forget me in my
1: life you know that's that's beautiful you know as you were talking I think it was wonderful that you touched upon one thing that I loved was that Indian food is regional every region is different and when you say to someone in the western world oh Indian food oh it's a curry and you're like no like there are you know different aspects in different regions that are specific to that you know place and I think Italy is well marketed in highlighting regional food and you know it's everyone knows bologna tortellini um you know lemons to the south so i think it's fantastic that you've written this book and highlighting something so specific from the northernmost part of india Um, absolutely
0: i think it's so important to do that but also i wanted to say that if just because you're indian doesn't mean you know a to z about india you don't know A to Z about Indian cuisine. So this is what my, I wouldn't say a fight. When somebody sits on social media and claims themselves as um, they know everything about Indian cuisine is absolutely bonkers. Because they, they, they live in one state, they might have gone to different states and on travels. Just because you're Indian doesn't mean you know everything yeah. about India. It's impossible. So it's impossible. You in I mean this is why I'm different in a sense is because I got the opportunity. If I didn't have the opportunity with Suitcase Magazine, with um, you know, Sunday Times or Telegraph or New York Times, um, I wouldn't have been able to do this. You know, I wouldn't have been oh the guardian that I recently wrote about butter chicken. Um so you until and unless You research, you meet these people, you go to those states, you meet the tribes. You know, when I went to Andamanik Korvar Island with Tooth Magazine, you met all these people, you came to know all these things. You cannot just write that um, I'm Indian, I know everything about India. I'm like, absolutely no, you don't know (laughs) about (laughs)
1: India. I don't know, I
0: I don't know anything about India. This is how it's learning for me. I'm learning along that journey
1: but you're sharing the stories and I think that's what's beautiful about the book you know and I think you know in your books introduction and snippets of your essays you're you're highlighting main points of the story um what do you want people you know your readers to know like in particular you discuss ingredients geography of Kashmir seeing how your book is regional it makes it stand out in terms, you know, stand up from a crowd in terms of reading because although it's a cookbook, it's a story. It's like a memoir of other people's yeah. stories. What What's the one message, key message you want people to know from reading your book? I think
0: for me, I uh, like you know the saffron chapter is really important to me. I think Kashmiri saffron is still the best saffron in the world. So I um I. When I was growing up, you know, I write that my grandma used to, I knew what saffron is, how it looked like, you know, in a Punjabi, um, which are like sweet um, rice, which we make in the celebrations. Mostly people would put color or they will put turmeric. Um, but my my grandma always had little saffron in this um, little dubbi and then in a Muslim class, kept it safe. That was like, you know, so valuable. Uh, to them and 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 I I saw it for the first time what it looks like what saffron how it smells and she told me off because I was picking up too much and she said this is this is gold <laughs> said, oh God, I, it, I, so you know uh, so understanding that and then realizing oh well, actually you know uh my my dadi told me that and you know my nanny and my dadi were very different again coming from Punjab but they were very different in their cooking they were so different in their dialects Cook really different Punjabi, um, as a dialect, I would say, and cooked very differently. So I think within regions, in a state, you would find in different houses and different parts of Punjab will cook very differently. So I think that I wanted people to understand why saffron is so amazing, saffron in in Kashmir. And it's just the three weeks of that bloom. You have to be very quick and going and you take those flowers You meet the producers. It's so time-consuming it's so um you know it takes long time to understand even and then until you go and meet those farmers the producers the the people who are trying to make sure the outside saffron doesn't come out until you meet these people you don't understand how the soil is different because the soil is very different because of the soil the mountains the landscape everything is different that's why the 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 um, the saffron has the earthy, the sweetness, the flora. It's completely different from the saffron from other parts of the world. The thing you have to understand, until I could have just sat here and interviewed somebody, that doesn't mean. You can't feel the, you know, see look of the soil, why it is like that. For me, um, you know, understanding that a saffron is going to be fields, so fields look like tulip. But it's not like that. It's completely different. The thing also, they can't grow anything else on it. If they grow something else in the saffron water. So all that understanding, I think people need to understand. And then there is the coxcomb flower, um, why they use the extract from it. And then the Kashmiri chilies, understanding of different chilies used in India is very important. Right, the warmth, it's the color that they, you know, gives in the, in the food. And then also understanding that they don't, um, use onions, ginger, garlic in many things. You know, they use a lot of ground things. And then there is a cuisine of the Baccaravals, which are the shepherds, and then the Kashmiri pundits and the Kashmiri. I think that, until you go and meet these people, and for me to be able to write that and to introduce those things to to people was very, very important because it wasn't my story to tell. Because I I listened to them. They wanted to share that. And I, I needed to be very clear about it. I needed to make sure I wrote what they said in in a very beautiful manner that, that is close to my heart i can't be another writer i have to be a writer who i am so you have to have the love you have to have that passion you have to have have that in you to give back to the people who've just opened those doors to you so i think that i wanted to really share about that everybody thinks it's all about butter chicken it's all about chicken pizza masala or it's about moili or you know anything so i wanted to kind of uh, really showcase that ladakh again if you go there are the dumplings there are faster than there are there are different kinds of pasta shapes they make. And also recently somebody wrote to me on Instagram, my DM, sometimes I think, why, or oh, why? Uh, um, how could you call um, Momos uh, when it is actually from Nepal without understanding that actually Momos, we can go back uh, where it's come from, from China and going to Nepal. And, and this guy was really... Uh, annoyed with me that it's the food of nepal and i'm trying to um you know trying to <laughs> talk about you know take the food from nepal and i i should I, you know i was like um i don't think i've done anything wrong so i was have to be very clear that you know the people who i met and the way i cooked with them so i think so that was very when people like say things like that i you, people can't until what I meant to say is, if you've researched, you met these people, and that's what they said to you. This is what it is, and you can't just sit on on it on, online and research about it because because the momos altered in in many translations. You know the mm-hmm. uh, they, they have if you go back and see it's a Tibetan language with, with you know how it traveled and with fundamental things. Uh, you know from basic learnings in in class to gathered from Ladakhi or a Voiding in Ladakhi, um, you know, uh, which is in the grammar. So I think it, it kind of sums up that food travels. It travels to different places and that's how they call, just because it's called momos in all over India because of them, it doesn't, it doesn't that, it doesn't mean that it's from there, you know, you yeah. can travel from different parts. So I think that's what I want people to know that, um, through travel, through the trade routes, um, you know, like Yarkan Palau has actually come from China, from Yarkhan mm-hmm. through different routes um, of of, of uh, Middle Eastern has come to, to Kashmir through various ways, you know, the vazas, the craftsmen, uh, the traders and, and the bakery culture. And again, the bakery culture is huge there. Um, and also the bakery culture is combination of Middle Eastern ways they would do. And then the British culture, the cakes mm-hmm. and, and all these things are from British. So I think mm-hmm. all that I, I, you know, I can't, I, I mean, I cannot, I wish I could have done a travel program with it to make, to make people understand yeah. that there are so many layers to Kashmiri food, not just Kashmiri, the Ladakh food, the food of that region is, is. I think it's really, I want people to
1: understand that. I, I think you've, you've hit on a note there, like, you know, when you get these sort of messages from people, although it's unkind, people need to understand that if you look throughout history, food is cross-cultural. You'll take things and you make things. Everything kind of, you know, chilies, potatoes, tomatoes came to India, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, wheat came to, you know, we had millet generally yes. in history. And then wheat came. So people need to realise as well, food is cross-cultural. You take it and adapt it, acclimatise to it and make mm-hmm. it your own. And yes, thing, absolutely, absolutely. This
0: is why I think... um Travel, I think, makes you knowledgeable. Um, So through travels, you can understand how uh, food has traveled and how food has gone through silk route or trade routes or whatever you can say, Um, or even the GT road, which is the Grand Trunk Road of India, and how it Mm -hmm. travels from one place to another. So I think for me, even writing uh, 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 something about butter chicken, I had to go to India. I had Mm -hmm. to go and my dad for 10 different places I had to go with my friend I had to go with my chef mentor and his kids to understand different you can't uh, for me I can make a killer butter chicken but be able to write the history about it how it started and where Mm. you can find the best and all that you have to be different you cannot be the same I don't want a cookbook every six months I don't want a cookbook every one year I don't want a cookbook just because you're an author and you can write, and the publishers want to take a chance. I want to be very different. I have you have to have a niche in the market. You have to be different from one another. You cannot be the same. So I think that that is why I I would say I'm I'm very very different from one another. Is is that I want to travel and I want to write about those. I just don't want to write my my Punjabi That's cuisine right. or i grew up in Bengal Bengali cuisine or um, most of my friends were from Bihar. So I don't want to just talk about that i want to talk about really india i think mm-hmm. people have started to. i think i kind of put the benchmark <laughs> <laughs> you <tick. laughs> you've done it you and know, people now people are following it and other publishers want everyone to write the regional
1: food <laughs> definitely but i think for me your book is a grab your attention kind of book you know you've you've you look at what goes on in the world of kashmiri and Ladakhi food the writing for me is super powerful. You know, I've I've read some of your like snippets, but had you know when you were there, had your writing been while you were cooking or while you were like capturing the moment in that instant? Say, so, oh my god, okay, so you've written this, or you know you heard this. Is that your process of capturing the stories?
0: So my, I'm very different. <laughs> <laughs> I don't record anything, even on iPhones. I don't record. Um, I take my notebook. I really want to write the name of the person correctly. So I don't make a mistake that I've written somebody's name wrong. But rest, I don't write anything because I want to listen to the person. I don't want to put this, and the moment you're recording a phone or through some addictive phone or whatever, I think the language body changes of that person. You know, the person becomes more, oh, this is recording or they're filming me. So I am very different. So I kind of make sure nothing like that. Forget about anything, just the name. That's it. I go back after listening to them, what they've done. I think I have a photographic memory. <laughs> so I'm so grateful to God. Photographic, I'm dyslexic, but with a very good photographic memory. Um. So I really honestly know what, Um. at the moment I walk in the door, I know what that person is wearing, what the person is doing. So I kind of, do that after i have finished i will then take the photos for me to just remember where that was what i did with that person in my iphone and the photographer the filmer filmmaker is there for me that um is like that how i process it and how i write it i'll come back in my um and also i sometimes don't write in the computer i write that in my notepad while traveling because you have to understand you're going traveling two hours three hours four hours all those places are far away so in that time I don't want to waste in the car. So in that time I will write everything down. Fantastic. So and then I will come and put down my computer. And then it goes like that. Because I I mean I'm, I'm not saying I'm perfect, <laughs> but that's how I I like doing it and it
1: works for me. Brilliant. You know? I think that's okay. So like so let's you know, let's go back to where it all started. Um what has changed in your life since you opened two restaurants, published two cookbooks? And is the identity of food something you're exploring or raising awareness about, which you've already answered a part of already? So
0: tell me more about so, that. So, yes, it's it, uh, yes, like we talked about the regional food, and uh, you know, but at the same time, I didn't just want to serve chicken or dal makhni or paneer and things like that i live in this country this is my homeland now i've come from a very rich country absolutely i go back to my roots when i are creating my creating my recipes um i i love street food so my everything in my restaurant was based on the street food on the flavors of the street food like if we sold octopus it had to be the punch foreign which was from bengal and then the tamarind and then chaat masala whatever i did would work you know i poached it with spices and then it would it it just people loved it also i'm doing a crop patty that will have you know um the various spice blends we would make in the restaurant going back to my roots there was always going to be a mango powder or there's going to be some kind of tamarindy in there but i think uh, street food is so core in 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 people who are born in India, because they again the street food is so different from one state to another. So I think the street food flavors are so what? How would I say it's more? Um, you know, you want to go back to it. You you want to eat that goes more in your yes, you rich. just want to keep on eating and keep on eating it. So I think, and also when I was growing up, money was very tight, and all my friends, you know. Uh, and my friend's family all the people we knew that all my our fathers worked in a steel plant they worked really hard their priority uh, either for, it was my friend's parents or my parents if the priority for each parent was to give education or we not very educated or we didn't go to english medium we want our priorities to make sure our kids go to private schools and go to english medium schools i think that was very core uh, filled with us but the street food was so cheap all our friends um, with our pocket money would put on a table and we knew each day what we could eat, um, a samasa or a chart, or we could share any eat that, you know. And then when you're young, you just, there's no care that she's a Muslim or she's a Sikh or she's a Hindu. We could eat on the same plate. There was no, um, y- y- there was, you know, we would, the same plate, we're eating all different cultures. We never thought about that. That's what I, I think when you have that love, and then you're creating food, you remember those, those things. And then I think it naturally becomes, and you can't be stigmatized in the sense that you can't call yourself Indian chef and you don't want to be creative. You have to be creative. You cannot, you know, like the, I, I was, I'm labeled as an Indian chef. You know, people think all I do cook is Indian food. I don't just cook Indian food. I cook Thai food, Chinese food, you know, um, Mexican or really good British food. So I think people need to understand and just, I think they've started to understand that, you know, you can't put somebody in one box and, and think if you're on TV, you're just going to do Indian food. And how for so sometimes, you know, people like male chefs or female chefs who are white allowed to make Indian food, but we are not allowed to make any other food. So that's what you uh I boxed into, but I didn't want to box into that. You know, so making a roast, yes, it's going to be a roast, but it's going to be have a different dress it. But I just, I just think you have to have that. If you don't have that, I think that's why Michelin ho- heard about me and then you know they came to came to my restaurant. So I think that you have to be very different. Yes, you want to have that butter chicken, which is going to sell loads. 20 kilos <laughs> of that. But you need to be different. Your starters need to be different. You need to be different. You know, I think you're creation process could be could be different teaching all the all my people who worked in my restaurants were all from thornberry around here i didn't want to wait for someone from india to come and cook it's it's not because i didn't want that it's just the process is so longer why not train the people i live here with why not i train some kitchen porter to be my sous chef and make the tamarind for me people would say to me you can buy tamarind in fashion carry. Why are you making it? But so making is the best thing. You're teaching is is understanding what goes into it. You know, I I was cooking the other day and bought and masons and and one of the chefs was like, "Why are you making the tomatoes?" He was the Indian chef. I always oh, we should have just bought it. I I just looked at him. How am I different then? How am I different if I'm going to buy things and then make? It's going to save us time because it's the filling, it's the pastry, it's the rolling it and then frying it there are four different processes so i i can't be like others i have to be different i'm self-taught if i'm not different tomorrow somebody else will come and say Do i'm right. much better you know so to have your place you've got to be different you've got to have that knowledge and also you've got to understand that you're still learning for me i'm still learning i don't know anything about to Z about india or Indian cuisine so I'm still learning that's I think what's showed in my restaurant And, I, and think writer, well,
1: I think you're quite mindful and I think it's important to be mindful and I think once you stop learning and that's it like you're never going to progress or you're never going to learn something new and I think the whole point of cooking or experience something new is just opening your even, mind. even like you, you know, know
0: the man we have this mint and coriander chutney. Um, I did not want to go to, to wait for mangoes to come and, and the raw mangoes to put in the chutney. That's what in India, when the mango time, mango season is, then we would write that, add the raw mangoes. Um, but how, how can I make it? How can I make it without thinking? So you have to open your box and think, actually, this, um, this green apple, not the cooking apple, the eating apple is sweet and sour. You know, mm. I can put that in and it will work. Don't peel the skin off. It'll just work. So I think that followed so many shots. chefs. started copying that, which is great. If you can inspire somebody, of course do it. You know, like lime, I know works much, much better than Indian food. The lemons work, you know, with something. Um, or tamarind or pomegranate. In Punjabi cuisine, we use a lot of ground pomegranate. You know, when my, my sister's in-laws are from Lucknow, they add a lot of mango powder in their cooking it's an experience that you keep on learning all these things you know and then avocado chutney which you is still a huge and if you use in you know huge in my restaurant so i think you've got to be different you can't just um become like oh i don't i don't want want to i just just in, in india we don't do this no no you you know you've got to understand the palates of British people or any other people that you're walking through those
1: doors that, that will work. Definitely. But can you tell me how Kashmiri and Adaki food is identified in the UK? And do you know, do you think many people know about it? (laughs) Not really.
0: But the thing is, thing is, I, I get lots of emails, lovely emails, but recently, um, um, I was on television on James Martin and I made the hawk, which is actually cooked with collard greens. So I did write in the book in Kashmir, it's cooked with collard greens. Here, you can't easily find collard greens in supermarkets. There are sometimes you can go to a shop, you will be able to find it. But um farmer's market or things like that. But the thing is then I had to give an option to people that actually you can cook with spinach but make sure it's long spinach and even if you're cooking with baby spinach it won't have the same taste but make sure cooking process is less. So you we have to that's what I did and I got little criticism saying, Oh, we don't cook it like that. So the thing is that you haven't read my book. You haven't haven't even gone Mm. and bought that book and you don't understand what i've written in it that if they in kashmir they use colored greens but you're using spinach here mm-hmm. or or some things like people can't find popcorn flour or the extract or things like that mm-hmm. that's fine you know leave that out and use mm-hmm. how you know the chili paste can be made so in james martin as well i talked about chili paste that they make chili paste you know soak it Oh, Kashmiri chilies uh, in hot water and then it into a beautiful base and it is bright red, you know, that you use in the cooking and the and josh and many other things. And I just showed it to, that if you have a Kashmiri chili powder, you're running out of time, just add water that helps to kind of get that beautiful color. So I think sometimes people on watching, <laughs> watching you know, I don't know, on television at home, they, they, they haven't picked my book up. They haven't, they don't understand that um what i've written in the book i think tv can be very perceived very differently of that six minutes you're filming and you're doing that i think for british people i think they've never those who haven't traveled there have been really welcoming because they've been able to understand i think people now travel a lot Mm -hmm. with travel comes like i said knowledge and they travel to india they understand when they're traveling like food in goa will be different food in punjab will be different or delhi even if you go or mumbai or calcutta or any south states will be different or gujarat rajasthan everything is different i think people now travel i think traveling has i think opened people's ideas i think that was the whole point of writing this book that therein come to you know there are beautiful 80 recipes in, in in that and one of couple of the recipes are my recipes but rest is people who've given those recipes or cooked with me and cooked for me and told me how to make it. And I cooked with them. So the only thing what I found where I only ate chicken once in somebody's house, rested they don't really eat chicken. Mm -hmm. So I needed to make sure how I can create this recipe for the British people but uh, or anybody in the wider audience, you know, anywhere in the world. How can I take a whole roast chicken and how can I then... Pick the spices that they use, blend that and make it into a roast. So I think you have to be clever like that. You know, mm. I want to give something to the wider audience who eat a lot of chicken, then goat or mutton or meat or lamb or beef. How can I make it? I think that's where you have to be understanding. But you're not um at the same time disgracing that somebody's culture or disrespecting not, Disrespecting somebody's culture, I you know I'm not disrespecting. I'm so respectful, and um, I think that's what the seek in me is, is really important to respect mm-hmm. um people and their cultures. I think that that is what the story of this book is about. It's just about respecting the people, telling their stories. You know, if you open the first page, it says this book is for the people, by the people. It's their stories so I've never claimed these are mine. You know where it's mine I've written on the top I've written who's given me the name of the people whose whose recipes are those so I think that Mm -hmm. is very very important that coming back to acknowledging the people because you know it's it's all all them it's for them I hope uh, people in Kashmir will oh, yeah. one day be able to buy, get these
1: books. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I, I think it's nice that you have acknowledged them as well in the book. So, you know, if one day they do get to see it, they'll be like, oh, that's my name. Oh, and yeah. I sat down and I shared it. So I, I
0: know. I have even not forgotten my um, driver or the guide who was with me, you know, with the people I was working with. So yeah you have to because these guys are so knowledgeable you know I still keep in touch with them they'll send me photos it's snowing there you have to have that love and then you have to have that 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 hierarchy what we have in India the car system then you as a writer or as a chef cannot have that you mm-hmm. cannot have that hierarchy system because a driver is 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 firstly a, is a, is a human being that's his job mm-hmm. I'm a writer and my job but we're both same, we're both equals, who am I to judge anyone? So I think when you kind of have that in you, it it helps. People see that.
1: People can see that. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's lovely that you say, you know, India does have that hierarchy caste system, which I'm not a fan of, but like you said, we're all connected. It doesn't matter what we do or what gender we are or whatever, you know, occupation is, we are all connected. Because in India, what
0: happens is when you have a driver, you'll sit in a different table to watch the other people. Be- I would never do that. They will sit sad with mayonnaise. I'm not differentiating my driver's going to eat somewhere else. No, he's going to eat with me. Yeah. So I think that's what people, when they were looking at me, found. How is he let, you know, yeah. as a woman?
1: Good, and- <laughs> yes. yes. you're a trailblazer. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Right. You have but- to. But I want to talk about uh, you know you want you're back on the country file, and in some ways for me it's a very beautiful traditional food show format with a season of new videos, recipes, and articles, and you know packed with ideas to help you shop eat sustainably. And now in this season you're visiting inspirational children who are passionate foodies championing um, local seasonal produce, which. With each episode, you're immersed into a different city or region that combines culinary traditions and cultures. How did it feel being a host as opposed to being a guest chef? So I think when the opportunity
0: came, I've never presented a show before. I've always cooked on live TV or mm-hmm. recorded TV or mm-hmm. um, you know or radio, but I've never been a presenter. So I think jane um no is cannot be more thankful to her that she took that because i did something with country Fire last year um, i cooked it was collaborated with bbc food and i cooked three recipes for them in a farm in bristol just near somerset in bristol so i think they must have liked me <laughs> so i think jane came to me and said we would love you to do something I, and to be honest if people understand and know about me I started, I've lived in South West for 17 years now. I started teaching uh, young kids in school. You know, you have to process all the CRB check and all that is done in school. And then I started teaching and I did the gardening with them because my daughters went to that school. So I think if it's a circle of life, I, I, my first presenting job, I always wanted to do something with kids. And it came back and did that to me. I think it's so emotional, but it's also so, I'm so proud and thankful and grateful. Every word in the dictionary, I would say. Um, but James did take a, you know, I've never presented. Gavin, who's my producer, director, a Kitty researcher, and ricky really everyone on the team uh, uplifted me because I've never presented a show. And I'm dyslexic. If you give me a script, I lose the plot. You ask me questions, look at me. I can say to you anything. So I think Gavin. I told Gavin, please don't give me the script, just tell me. <laughs> so I think first when I did was I was very nervous, and and I think if you have a really good producer, director, uh, or cameraman, they can make you so comfortable. And the sound man, everybody on the team made me so comfortable, and and also they wanted me to be there. I think it's 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 forget about everything how you are good about. It's wanting to be. People want you to be there that's the, the 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 when people want you to be there you have a power within you that you can do this if people think oh you don't want to be you don't want to work with this person or we don't want you you've had the anxiety you have that on your shoulders i think i can feel it i don't know how i can feel it when you're not wanted i can feel it um but they wanted me they wanted to see uplift me and getting this opportunity you know ready study cook was different and made my career on tv as a bbc chef which is amazing opportunity mm-hmm. through through that i got country file because because last year i got bbc and country file uh, wanted me then because of that i think it's a it's something that you know ready study cook has changed so much for me because and then working with these kids, understanding and they are teaching me that where uh, you know food is growing how and why they want to do it and 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 then I don't know how I was so loving each you know we're still filming it it's just wonderful to be surrounded with kids who have so much knowledge and what better show could I ask to be on a segment on country files that people religiously watch you or you know watch the program so I think I couldn't have asked for a better,
1: better launch on TV. But I think it's amazing. Like, I think it's like wonderful. You know, it's like a ripple effect. Like you said, it started on um, Ready, City Cook. And then it's kind of just manifested into something even more beautiful. And something that you are like, you know, your your heart's in being the children and teaching children, learning from children. And I think that's just wonderful for you to have that. You have to be, I think the camera
0: cannot lie if you're not comfortable with, the children or anybody will yeah. just pick up like that. Um and, and yeah. uh, I think yes I, you have to be just like what original you are is just this that I think it's a team it's a team makes you make you become that and I'm so grateful to Jane to be able to giving that opportunity
1: no, to definitely. be on Definitely. You know, I'm a massive foodie and I love food. And you know sometimes I feel like food taste is often the least important aspect of a meal time for me because it's the room the mood the company and you know the time of day but for me it's the conversation you're having it makes everything heightened and fantastic is that an experience you share in sometimes when filming because it's all the little aspects that come little jigsaw puzzles pieces that come together and it becomes something totally different
0: absolutely I think like, you know, going on the search of this journey and meeting the young cooks and growers and, and is like, you know, where, uh, like, just someday we are doing something fish, I think, um, if I'm not uh, uh, correct, if I'm correct. Um, so I think, you know, even learning that, you know, I've always had a thinking, oh, Devon or Cornwall or Scotland has the best produce of seafood. But when go- going to, you know, this part, north up north and, and looking at all that, wonderful seafood and you think actually you know you don't know anything about the parts and you need to kind you can't just just think that you know everything and then meeting these young girls and then how they've created these amazing uh things for me which I don't think I can share much but I just think that it is it is about when we we travel together I never never sit and or, on my own or say I'm going out and I'm going to go meet I, I sit with the team, I listen to the team, I eat with them, I drink with them, I go I never go as a talent on a train. I'll say, no, I'll go, I'll go with them, I'll go in the car, or I'll yeah. drive with them. So I think that as a team, food, I think that comes as, as, as like you know, it, it, it's, it's about sharing, then we share about different cultures, and that's where you,
1: you connect through food with so many different people.
0: Definitely. And I think it's a
1: collective like love that you're having with them and it makes everything better. So I want to go over something a bit funnier. Um well it's always true that people like negative, well not funnier I it haha, like curiosity funny. Mm -hmm. The story of a terrible meal is always better of a mediocre one. And I've always thought that a terrible meal you always remember with such exquisite clarity because it's something like Embedded in you, are you allowed to tell me about the worst dish in your life that you've ever eaten? Terrible or, or good? Terrible. Oh, let's try
0: good. Uh, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I think my family doesn't love going out with me anymore because uh, I always I don't really. I, I'm really grateful when people cook for me. Right, anybody who cooks for me. Or if I'm going out and enjoying that because sometimes I haven't met somebody for a year, I'm meeting that person if it's through the pandemic, I haven't met such a certain kind of people and I, I, I go and meet them. But then sometimes you sit and think, oh, I could have made it better. <laughs> this is so terrible. I've, I've had a meal in London and I really, um I don't want to take the name of the restaurant and I know the person really well. I sometimes think he, he or she is an amazing chef Sometimes I think, uh, what happens nowadays is when you see a menu card and there are so much description, mm. this added and size and make, make it less complicated. Less complicated is so much better than complicating it. I think mm. when you're complicating it, it's just that when, um, you know, chefs like so many layers become like boom. Mm. Um, but I, I I can't name the person I've had, had, i had. I don't know. I can't. I I've had it's the worst meal I would say I've had in America on my book um, book tour um, in 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 a place in America, and and that person was nominated for awards. And when I ate the food, it was a can of tin of crab open, not fresh. And the person was charging so much money for that food. It was about fifty dollars for that that thing sharing of two people, which is fine. I'm I, I'm the person who never ever picks an eyebrow about food and how much it costs. It. It's amazing. That person had it was so busy, and I saw and I ate. It was like I said, this is a tinned tinned crab, not even fresh. How can you charge? that much money for a tin crab to layer on the on the top of the rice and then uh, you know me being me and i said to the chef this is out of the tin and how how you know why I'm using fresh oh we can't afford to use fresh but then i said you shouldn't put on the menu that's fresh so um so i think that was the worst meal of the year of my year was in I won't even name the city the people in the will time. know who I'm <laughs> <Not> talking <quite>. about <laughs> <one. laughs> it was the meal of my year if, if, if people tomorrow tells me I would never name and shame anyone because I just think it's the livelihood It was the worst meal I've ever had in my life entire life oh
1: goodness so my last question to you if there was one dish you could eat for the rest of your life what would it be?
0: uh I think it, it will be rice and roasted aubergine, mm. not rice, so it's dal, plain, simple, yellow dal. It can be any, red lentils or yellow lentils. Just simple Punjabi turka dal, little bit of ghee on the top oh. with roasted smoky aubergine, which is vegan um, parta with a roti. And that's it. I can live entire my life. Oh, that. that will be a desert island.
1: Um. <laughs> I of everyday meal yeah i i'm a sucker for that and i'm a sucker for like aubergine like i have to have yeah. once a week both of them actually but yeah that's amazing so Romy, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on my podcast today thank you so much for joining me
0: thank you for having me have a great day you too bye, bye.